This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Knicks fans, how are you doing? It is your boy Jonathan Macri with you for, uh, I don't know how else to put this, maybe the most special episode of the Knicks Film School podcast we've ever had. Um, the Knicks are playing the Nets at the end of this week. It's going to be their final meeting of the season, and I wanted to get a little Nets flavor on the podcast today. Um, I attempted to reach out to the guy who runs the uh, Nets Daily Twitter account, but he was taking a nap. So I could not get him on. So um, I got someone a little bit younger, uh, a little bit more famous. Uh, I may have spent most of the last decade of my life listening to him on a near daily basis. Uh, I don't know how else to say this other than that it is an honor to welcome to the program WFAN's own Evan Roberts. Um, Evan, welcome. So, so I, I was your second choice behind the infamous Nets Daily. Well, That's listen, you're, me. you're all due respect to you. You do wonderful work, but um, I mean, there are categories, and like he's in that upper, upper, upper echelon. And I, I, I hope you don't take offense to that. No, listen, I, I love Nets Daily. I mean, I've been following Nets Daily for years. They are the, uh, they're the Nets. I don't even know who's behind Nets Daily. I, I find that to be a big mystery. Oh, you've never makes met it him. Intriguing. I've he, never met him. I don't. I don't even know the guy's name or I, a woman's name. I have no idea. He he is a gentleman. He's an older gentleman. Um, and he really, yeah. He you, you well. If you ever um find yourself uh, in the um Nets media scrum before or after a, a game, I don't, I don't think you will. But yeah, he covers most of the games actually, from what I understand. Wow, this yeah. is amazing. This yeah. is I ne- I always pictured somebody in their late twenties. I never pictured an old gentleman. So this is kind of a, this is mind numbing news. I, well, I hope you can still carry forth with the, with the program, even despite. I this. don't know. I may have to unfollow him now. I don't know. No, I'm kidding. I'm uh, kidding. Listen, I, can I, can I, can I do a little, uh, butt kick, butt kissing for a second? Uh, I don't know if I could handle that. No, nah, you're going to deal with it. You're going to sit there. You're going to enjoy it. Now I am, I, I don't like the Knicks, right? I'm very honest about that. I am not a Knicks fan. Most Knicks fans and most is maybe too strong. A big portion of the Knicks fan base, they kind of make my skin crawl. But I have grown to like you. And I'm going to tell you why I'm a fan of you and the Knicks film school. Can I reveal that to you? If you must. Because you have this mix of honesty, right? Viciousness, (laughs) optimism, because I like that. You don't want to be overly negative. And I, I feel like you call it like it is. And so while there are many Knicks fans that I don't like and I root for them to be in pain constantly, uh, when I watch some of your videos after Nick losses, and I only watch them after losses because 
I'm a, I'm a but, sick man. What can I tell you? Those are the I good really, ones. really enjoy it. And so you do a great job and you're balanced and you're fair and you have someone like me enjoying your work. So keep it up. Well, I, I could sit here all day and thank you, but I, I don't think that the listeners would appreciate that. So I will just say that that does mean a great deal. What I, so here's what I'm most curious about. We'll, we'll get to the teams in a second. You, your job every day, well, you cover all the New York teams, but you have to talk about both of these teams and you have to talk about both of them in a way that doesn't piss off. Well, I guess it's part of your job to piss off some people, but for the most part, you want people to come back and keep listening. One of these teams you're a big fan of. And one of these teams, as you just admitted, you you don't really care for too much. How do you take that and I, I don't know what the way is to put it, but how do you talk about both of these teams in such a way that leaves listeners being like, okay, I want to listen to this person talking about either of these teams, even though I know he's only a fan of one. Well, it's, it's difficult. And I think it's different with the giants and the Yankees in that my radio partner, Joe Beningo is a fan of the same teams I root for when it comes to football and baseball. So I think when it comes to the giants and the Yankees, you want to be even more fair and more careful. I think what makes it easier is that Joe's a Nick fan. So if I ever let my Nick dislike out, he's there to you know hold me in check. But I think what I try to do, and it's certainly not perfect, because I'm sure there's a lot of people listening who say, screw this guy, he hates the Knicks, I hate him, is that I love the game of basketball. And so I watch every Nick game. And I think, unfortunately, over the last few years, there's a lot of people in the media that don't even watch the Knicks. So they'll rip the Knicks for what they think is the right thing to do. But they don't actually watch him. I watch every single Nick game because a, it's, I think it's a part of my job, but also I love basketball. I love the game. And I try as fair as I can because I'm tough on the Nets. It's not like I sit there waving pom-poms for the Brooklyn Nets of anything. I want to just rip my hair out and rip them all the time. Um, I just try to be as fair as I possibly can while watching them. And I hope, I hope that Nick fans can at least appreciate that and say, all right, that guy's a little bit of a douche. He, he, he doesn't like the Knicks, but he does watch the Knicks. He is watching the Knicks on the West Coast until one o'clock in the morning. And that I respect. So that's what I try to do because as much as I don't want the Knicks to be good because I'm a net fan, there's a part of me that if they are good, it benefits because I love the game of basketball. And over the last decade, you know, that sport is not talked about maybe as much as it should in this area. So there is at least that benefit um, when things go well in this town, which Really, it only happened for that one amazing year of 2013 when the Knicks were in the second round of the playoffs and the Nets were in the first round of the playoffs. Which, um, by the way, you, you just reminded me of the conversation you guys had with uh, Frank Isola, who I, I a lot of people reached out to me and was like, hey, if you ever get either Joe or Evan on the show, can you just thank them for that couple of minutes that they gave us all? Um, I don't, I, I'm sure you know the one I'm talking about, the conversation, yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, I'm aware. No, Frank's. A, listen, I I give Frank a tough time, but he's a good guy. Um, you are fair, and fans do recognize it. And I think the proof of that is I I literally wrote an obituary for this team on Friday, and people continue to come back and and want to hear what I have to say about them for for whatever reason. It's it's okay to be harsh if it's harsh from a place of of being fair, and I think you do that. Um, what I'm. So here's what I'm most really curious about. <laughs> this season, the teams have combined for under 30 wins. They have played more than half of their games. If somebody would have told you that before the season, what would your best guess have been about what the hell was going on? 
Oh my! Well, my my best guess would have been just uh, tons of injuries. I mean, that okay. would have been my best guess. Uh, the, the Nets part is obviously, I, I think, the more shocking. Like I thought, the Knicks would be better this year. My expectation was it was kind of similar to what you've said, where I thought they'd be competitive. I thought they'd be in like the low thirties total for the end of the season, and that they would just be a much more competitive team to watch. Um, I think this is what made me bond well with Nick fans early in the season. We both saw the same thing, which is that David Fisdale was a terrible head coach. Oh, my God. Which, and what annoyed me about this, and this is where I think me and the Nick fan can bond, is that many who didn't watch the Knicks would say, well, the roster stinks, so it has nothing to do with Fisdale, when those two things can be separated. Like, the roster doesn't have to be great, and the coach can still stink. The coach can still be incompetent. And so... That was one thing that kind of annoyed me at the beginning of the season. But on the Nets end of things, I mean, Kyrie Irving getting hurt. You know, I, I was never in love with Kyrie Irving. I don't think any Nick fan really was. We were in love with the idea of getting Kevin Durant, just like I'm sure most Nick fans were. And Kyrie Irving was a part of the package. But the concerns of him staying healthy, the concerns of him not ruining the locker room were always there before he ever even put, you know, ink to paper, pen to paper. And so the Nets struggles. If you told me, yeah, they're going to be five, six games under 500, how's that going to happen? You figured, well, Kyrie's going to be a malcontent and Kyrie's going to be hurt. So uh, that's how I would have predicted it. It doesn't make me feel better, by the way, when people tell me, oh, but but it's all about next year. No, 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 no. We're not on the <laughs> earth for a million years, okay? Every year matters. That's what I like about you guys, that even in a season in which, oh, the expectations are low 30s, you still take every game seriously. You still look at every game as hey, I want to win the game. I'm not sitting here thinking about lottery odds. So uh, I bond with you guys about that. Every game matters. I want to win. That's why we're fans. Hey, guys, quick break to talk about Simply Safe home security. Think about security that Fortune 500 companies use. They know they're going to need police to be on the scene immediately. They need commercial grade enterprise level security. This is what you're getting when you get Simply Safe. If there's a break in, Simply Safe uses real video evidence to give police an eyewitness account of the crime. And that means police dispatch up to 350% faster than for a normal burglar alarm. With Simply Safe, you get comprehensive protection for your home, outdoor cameras, doorbell alerts, entry motion, glass break sensors, everything you could possibly need. Simply Fit Safe gives you. It also protects your home from fires, water damage, and carbon monoxide poisoning. 24-7 security by live security professionals. That's important. And you could set up the system yourself, no tools needed, or Simply Safe's experts can do it for you. And here's the best part: it's only 50 cents a day with no contracts. Go to simplysafe.com slash overtime to get free shipping on your order plus a 60-day money-back guarantee. That's simplysafe.com slash overtime to save on home security today. Simplysafe.com slash overtime. Well, I'm, I'm right there with you, and I was sitting there watching this team on Saturday night um, trot out five guys who um, maybe one of them will be here next year. We'll see. And, you know, I'm sitting there rooting for them as well. I... So my, I, you, you've listened to me before and, and so, you know, this is not going to be a shock to you that I'm always, I am always trying to think big picture and specifically I'm, you know, I watched you guys last year and a lot of Nick fans would get really mad at me because I would point out the articles about, you know, the culture and the whole thing. And I'd be like, look, that's where we need to get to. 
And I'd get fans talking to me about, oh, don't buy into all that bullshit. It's just it's media biased because, you know, Sean Marks opens the door and and Steve Mills and Scott Perry close the door. And that's all it comes out. I'm like, no, it's not really that. And so so now we're here and the Knicks are what they are. And the Nets with Kyrie, you know, being Kyrie are what they are. And it, it it makes me re-examine, not re-examine, that's the wrong word, but I'm like, I'm always thinking about this stuff. You know what I mean? Where, where do you come down where where all of this extracurricular stuff, I'll call it, is? And like, how much credit do you give it? Do you think it's all just over the top? Like, where are you out uh, at on all this? I think there's some truth to the whole culture stuff, but I think it comes down to something very simple. The Nets were surprisingly good last year. They were a playoff team. They were exciting. They had a nice young core. And it appealed to Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. I mean, I know that Sean Marks always used to do these little things that matter. And I'm not sure this is what landed Kyrie and Kevin Durant, but these little things like doing favors for players in terms of guaranteeing their contract with two-way guys and guys in the G League, like these small things that don't get written about. And And I'm sure stuff like that doesn't hurt, is what I would always try to explain to my wife who doesn't like basketball that much. And say, yeah, they're good gestures, but is that why Kevin Durant is coming to Brooklyn? Probably not. So I think that the culture that they had last year, and by the way, culture has become such an annoying buzzword. It I mean, really every is. franchise uses it. It's just, look, they built what they did where Marks deserves a lot of credit is with zero draft picks and zero lottery picks. He built a quality young roster. Now, that roster was never going to win a championship. That's why at the end of the day, every Net fan, I think, has to admit, good or bad, just sign up for taking the risk with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant because that core wasn't going to win a championship. And again, that's why we're fans. We're fans to watch our team win a title. So yeah, they had a good culture, but there's more than that. You know, what I liked about what the Nets did, and and I've always been screaming about this for years, is that tanking is stupid. All right. I know that the Philadelphia 76ers did it for many years and they ended up, you know, hitting eventually. It's not like they hit in every single lottery, but you want to build a quality team And I think that appeals to free agents. I think that certainly contributed to why these free agents wanted to come here. So I do think that the culture thing was true, but I do think it was enhanced way too much. And the the biggest media thing, bias, if you will, that I notice, and it pisses me off, and I've been screaming about it the last few weeks, and I know you guys have too as Knicks fans, is that the Nets are not held to the same standards, negative-wise. Now, it goes both ways because if the Nets are winning 10 in a row, it's also not going to be the headline story every single day. So you don't get the good that I'm sure the Nets organization wants, but they also avoid the bad. So when Sean Marks doesn't say a freaking word about Kyrie Irving's injury status and it's left to be a mystery for months, that's something that they don't get criticized nearly as much as the Knicks would. So, of course, there's a double standard. But what Knicks fans have to realize is it goes both ways. They want the positive stuff written to the Nets, and they don't get nearly as much. So, look, the culture stuff is somewhat real, but it's not the end-all, be-all. I think it was kind of simple. The Nets were good last year. These two guys saw a nice little roster. They said, great, we can join them. Uh, They've got nice supporting pieces, and we'll go from there. So that's my take on it. I I think it's a good take, and, you know— like you said, it was a better roster. Hey, you know what the Nets did to uh, improve the culture? They won games. And how did they win games? They made a smart roster full of uh, shooters, which in the NBA in 2019-20 is kind of an important thing, as we've learned in New York this year. Um, I'm happy you said the thing about the coverage. I think at the end of the day, if you could have one or the other, where the Knicks get all the attention, good and bad, and if the, and the Nets get 
much less of the attention, both good and bad. It, I feel like in New York, it's kind of easier to have what you guys have. Do you, what do you think on that? Yeah, it's, you know, I, I got to admit this because I think a lot of Nick fans, when, when things are going well for the Nets, like let's say the Nets go out and they win seven or eight in a row and everything's figured out. What a lot of Nick fans will say is, look, nobody cares. All right. We got better attendance. We got better TV ratings. You're still the Nets. And, and I get that. And that's used as a dig. I, I got to tell you, I don't take it as a dig because being a net fan has always been like this secret society. If you know what I mean? <laughs> where where look, I just, I just want to win. Right. So when the nets were in the NBA finals in 2002 and 2003, and nobody was talking about it in New York, did that really at the end of the day, bother me? No, I was laughing all the way to the NBA finals. And it was kind of like this underground club. Now, I, I understand that that's not going to be the case. They'll be a little bit more popular, you know, if they go to the NBA Finals in Brooklyn, New York with Kevin Durant playing there. But that's never offended me. You're right. I think it is easier because I think a guy like Sean Marks doesn't have, and Kenny Atkinson, they don't have to deal with as much heat and questions as the Knicks would deal with. So I do think that that's a positive because when things are going bad, we know how tough this town could be. But and I can't speak for all net fans, so I'm sure there are net fans who want all the attention. They want to be popular. They want to quote take over the town. That doesn't mean crap to me. I'm a Mets fan. I'm a Jets fan, and I'm an Islander fan. If I cared so much about my teams being popular, I picked the wrong freaking team because those are all. <laughs> no matter what happens, and you know this, they are all no, the do. number two team in this town. And as long as there's a freaking parade at the end of the year, none of that matters. So. I get it. I, I get the Knicks are more popular. I have never once said, and if I did, I must have been drunk. I never once said the Nets are going to take over New York because A, it's not going to happen. And B, that's not my dream. My dream is a parade down Flatbush Avenue. And, and you guys are, uh, sadly for, for us, uh, closer to that happening than uh, the Knicks are a parade down. Would it be a parade down Flatbush or would they get the Canyon of Heroes? I, I never even thought about that. Oh, it's got to be. It's got to be Flatbush because all they do, be, yeah. all they do when you go to Barclays Center, and I got to admit, this sort of annoyed me at first, and now I've just accepted it. Oh, I know where you're going. Do, I, I covered a game there a few weeks ago, the, the Nets-Knicks <laughs> game. I, I know where you're going with this. Come on. Brooklyn, 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 Brooklyn. They don't even say the Nets play there. It's Brooklyn, 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 which is, listen, I love Brooklyn. I was born in Brooklyn. I have no problem with Brooklyn, but it's over the top Brooklyn, which means if they ever have a parade, they're not even touching the Canyon of Heroes. That's fair. That's probably for the, for probably the wise decision. Hey guys, one more quick break to talk about something I am a very big fan of. And that of course is the athletic. Very, very proud to have today's show sponsored by the athletic, which if you don't know is a subscription based sports news site for real fans. Um, it's in-depth coverage from all the local writers that you need. Obviously, if you're a Nick fan, you've heard the name Mike Vorkanoff. He writes about the team, does some great stuff. Um, had a recent piece this week, uh, one talking about the Knicks practice facility. Where is that? How does that affect them? And then another one kind of assessing where they at, at where they're at at the halfway point of the season. He puts out great stuff every week. Um, it's also other writers who write about the Knicks, who write about every NBA team, who write about every professional sports team. No ads, no pop-ups, no clickbait. It's just great sports writing. And each subscriber gets a personalized feed of stories, live writer Q&As. And all you have to do is download the athletic app. You pick your favorite teams and they'll begin basically sending the stories that you want and nothing that you don't want. 
If you're ready to get started, get 40% off, 40% off a yearly subscription. All you have to do is go to theathletic.com backslash overtime. One more time, that's theathletic.com slash overtime to receive 40% off your yearly subscription. I So here's what I'm curious about now from a Knicks perspective, because I do think a lot of what Knicks fans say about, oh, you'll always be number two and we're always going to sell out MSG and this and that. I don't believe it as much in terms of whether, from this perspective, I think we may be getting to a close, we're close to a point where James Dolan might be getting worried. And, you know, I was looking around the arena uh, at the end of that. I was covering the Suns game the other night, and mm. it was five minutes or four or five minutes left in the fourth quarter. And, Evan, let me tell you, um, people were uh, not exactly hanging around. And it was an empty arena. And then, you know, we had the game against Philly on Saturdays. A lot of Sixer fans there. I wonder if they do another, if they have another year, and this gets into what the Knicks do with their leadership. And I, I'm, that's what I'm curious to get your opinion on before I get you out of here. Like if they have another too much more of this, where there is almost apathy building up, which I'm kind of getting a sense for, not for people like me, for crazies like me, we're never going to be apathetic, but the, the common fan, the casual fan. I'm wondering if on the other side of town, you get KD back next year and it's more, and I, you know, I, I I think I gotta think James Dolan may be starting to get a little worried. Could you see that world where he's like, you know, itching to where that's the impetus to finally get rid of Steve Mills and I guess well, Perry now. There, there, there's two things, right? There's James Dolan getting worried, and then there's is there a reason to be worried, right? I, I really don't think there's ever gonna be a reason to get worried because I think that the Nick brand and Madison Square Garden and it being the place to be, I think that place is always going to sell out. And I think that there's always going to be, you know what you guys do, and it annoys me because I'm jealous of it. Anytime the Knicks play a halfway decent game at the Garden, there's playoff electricity. Oh, yeah. And it, it just, it freaks me out because it takes the actual playoffs for there to be playoff electricity at Barclays Center. And there was last year. Like, I'm not going to deny that. The Philly serious crowd was in it. It was great. But there's such great electricity at the Garden. So, that's why I don't buy it's all, hey, the garden's being filled up just with tourists and people that don't care. Because if that was the case, there wouldn't be this great electricity at the garden. But I think the reason I bring that up is that that shows that despite how bad the franchise has been for a long time, really under James Dolan, there is still that that passion. And so could Dolan do something stupid? Well, of course, the answer is yes. I mean, how could I say no? He's done a lot of stupid things. Could he get desperate and say all right, I'm going to change management or I'm going to go back to trying to do the quick fixes and things like that. It's it's possible. I just, I don't think there's a reason to panic because this town is big enough for the Nets to have success, for Brooklyn to sell out, for them to be a championship contender and for the Knicks not to really be affected when it comes to everything else that goes along with it. So yeah, of course I can see Dolan doing something stupid and it would be stupid because you know it goes back to the, one of the first things you said about doing a talk show and, you know, talking about the Knicks fairly. I thought they were smart to trade Chris Stops Porzingis, right? And I think that that was one narrative that everybody wanted to crush Dolan and the Knicks for. Ah, typical Knicks. They traded Porzingis. No, I thought it was actually smart. Guy can't stay healthy, wants a max contract, doesn't want to be here. Trade him before the world knows you got to trade him. I thought it was smart. Now, what that turns into, we'll see. But the idea that it was only done to get Kevin Durant, I didn't think that at the time. 
I thought, hey, if you get Kevin Durant, great. If you don't, you still made the wise decision. I think that they are in position to continue to do it the right way because they've got a fan base that's going to show up all the time. You know, they don't need to be desperate and try quick fixes like Andre Drummond is some kind of quick oh, fix. Mike, please, please don't say that name on this podcast. We, we have a, I don't have a, a beep that I can censor things out. I, 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 so I, I caution you. No, no cursing, it's my, please. It's my way of uh, digging at you guys because there could be no dumber idea oh, in crazy. NBA today than trading for Andre Drummond if you're the New York Knicks. Like, I couldn't even think of a dumber idea if we tried. That's because there is no dumber idea. Uh, no, it, it's I, I'm I'm with you, and, and I guess here, here's I'll, I'll get you out of here with this. I if we're sitting here a year from now, I want you to I'm gonna put you on the spot. I want you to make a prediction for both teams. Where are the Nets? What's what's going on with the Nets a year from now, and what's going on with the Knicks a year from now? And I want you to think about: it, Do you think that there is a chance that the leadership structure that they have in place, and I'm talking about Steve Mills and Scott Perry. You have a great read on this town. You have a good read on this town as anybody. Um, Dolan knows that he can own a team that at least is on the right path because he's owned the Rangers for a while, and they're doing some nice things this year. They had a nice free agent signing, obviously. Do you think he – what do you think he does? So give me give me both of your predictions for a year from now. I, where are we at? I think that Dolan is going to clear house. I think he's going to clean house. I don't know what, where he goes to fix the house, to bring in the new controller of the house. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be Masai. That just seems like your typical Nick Pipe dream that doesn't happen. I don't mean that to be a jerk when I say that. I just mean it as a dream it, that doesn't happen. You know, we, like, listen, we call it like it is here. It is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> but I do think that there are going to be enough losses for Dolan to say, all right, F it. I'm getting rid of everybody. I think the real key question, and this is the one I can't answer. It's unfortunately the one no one can answer, is when he does clean house, is he bringing in the right guy, and is the right guy going to be allowed to do their job? And, and that's, that's really the million-dollar question. But I do think that there are going to be enough losses for Dolan to say, all right, uh, I, I don't like this. I'm going to hit the reset button. They, they better trade, by the way, Marcus Morris. I, I can't think of anything dumber besides trading for Drummond than keeping a 30-year-old player who's a free agent having a career year and not turning it into an asset. I mean, I— who ba- I, I just don't understand that. Who backed out of a for for every? This is what I keep trying to tell Nick fans. I love Marcus Morris. I could see the I could see the theoretical benefit of keeping him in that locker room and on the roster for the rest of the season. If you think keeping him here is going to somehow guarantee you re-signing him this summer, this is the same guy who backed out of a contract with the San Antonio Spurs. So I'm sorry, but yeah. Oh, it's lunacy. And, and like, even if he wanted to stay, you're a rebuilding team, and he's thirty. Well, okay, great. He wants to stay. He loves the garden, loves uh, the nightlife. I mean, he wants to be a part of the turnaround. He's too old on for a franchise that's trying to turn the court, but whatever. Uh, I think that they're going to clear house, clean house. I don't know who they replace him with. As far as the Nets are concerned, I, I want to be optimistic. I want to say that Kevin Durant heals perfectly from his Achilles and that Kyrie Irving is motivated. If I had to guess a year from now, I'd say the Nets are playing good basketball, but they're not the best team in the East. And we're still debating amongst Net fans, you know, if this roster flows well together. Because I think the next thing that's going to happen, and it's already started to occur on Nets Twitter, is this idea of they got to go get a third star. Yep. They package Levert and Allen and two first-round picks for, for Beal or Carl Anthony Towns or whatever star player becomes available. I got to tell you, I have whiplash from this. I just want to enjoy this roster. I want to evaluate this roster because I can't. We haven't seen that. Forget Durant. We haven't seen this team play as a fully healthy team for more than a week. So how can I sit here and tell you what this team, I mean, Kyrie Irving's already freaking evaluating the team. I can't. (laughs) 
I want to watch them play basketball <laughs> for an extended period of time. I mean, is that really asking all that much as a fan? I, I don't think so. I mean, you know, I was even looking, yeah, you were missing Joe Harris the other night. I mean, I, yeah. I, there's a version of this team that's a good team, I think. Well, look, I don't, I'm not trying to tell you here, oh, this is a championship team or they're getting to the second round without Durant. All I'm saying is, can I watch them? You know, can I see a fully, you know, Karis Levert back fully, and he's come back the last few weeks, but a fully back Levert, like we saw in the Philly series, Joe Harris, Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, DeAndre Jordan's now banged up. Can I see this team for, I don't know, maybe a month, and then we could all sit around and say, all right, this is what they need. I already got Kyrie Irving saying, you know, we need this piece, we need this piece. Dude, you've missed 70% of the season. I got him evaluating the roster. That's a that's the other thing about Kyrie Irving. I mean, I understand he's accomplished a lot in his career, but the guy's played a handful of games as a Brooklyn Net, and he's just storming in here telling us what the roster needs. Pipe down, buddy. <laughs> you know, you you say that Knicks fans get mad. What Nick fan could get mad at you talking like this? I mean, seriously, come on. Well, look, I I try to call my team out when when I can. I mean, it's not like everything's been great for the Nets over the last few decades, you know. I enjoyed their cute little run last year, but then when they lose four straight to Philadelphia, I mean, it's not like I'm, you know, waxing poetic about everything. And I never thought Durant and Kyrie were coming here, even into the last few days. I wasn't one of those arrogant Ned fans that thought, oh, it's Brooklyn. Of course they're coming here. Why would I think that when their biggest free agent signing before Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving was whom? I mean, who was it? Travis Outlaw? It's not exactly like this franchise has this great track record of bringing in free agents. So I didn't even expect it until June 30th, you know? Uh, I think it was a shock to all of us. I wonder, I wonder how much of a shock it was to the Nets. That's the thing I've always been curious about. I don't, I don't, I, something tells me we'll never really find that out. Can, can I be honest with you about something? Sure. All right. It's, I, I'm, I'm being kind of a dick by saying this, but I, I want to be real with you. I you're be honest you're with allowed. Me. You're allowed. So after... <laughs> After Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving signed with Brooklyn, all I did for like two days straight was find Nick podcasts and <laughs> listen to them. And all I did was drink all of your tears. That's all I did for like 48 hours straight. It probably tasted great. Oh, it was fantastic. It was well, what I really loved. And you didn't do this, but a lot, some, I wouldn't even say all or a lot, some of the Nick fans started to just turn on Kevin Durant. Oh, he's a bum anyway. We didn't want him. His Achilles is going to fall off, you know. So that was like part of the trend that I noticed. But my God, those tears, they were, they tasted really good. But the problem is you may end up drinking my tears. Well, listen, I I think it's an interesting time because, and part of the reason I asked you the question about where are we both going to be in a year is I really don't think we know. I think there's so much up in the air. If they, you know, the Knicks bring in the right the right person to guide the ship here from here. You know what? Here's how I'll end it. This is what I want. In my lifetime, or at least my lifetime since I've been watching basketball, the Knicks, Knicks and Nets have played exactly two playoff series, which I'm sure you remember both well. One was in 93-94 when we were on our way to the finals, and the other one was in, I think it was 2003-04 when you guys were on your way. Um, or maybe, yeah, no, no that wasn't no, a finals we were on year for you. Way. To we the Eastern Conference to, Finals, maybe. We were on our way to losing in seven of the Pistons in that brutal seven-game series. That's what it was. the crazy Game 5, blew Game 6 at home, and then got blown out in Game 7. Kid was on one last leg. But, yeah, that was the Tim uh, Tim Thomas Fugazi series, and it's uh, always special in my heart. I was at Game 1 in the, uh, what was it still called, the Continental Airlines Arena there, and I remember there was a moment where Mike Sweetney had a put-back dunk to bring us within, like, eight. 
And I was so excited. I was jumping out of my chair. And then and then Jason Kidd led them on like a 15 to nothing run. And that was the end of the next season. Uh, Maybe some memories. Yeah, yeah. Well, wonderful ones. Well, listen, Evan, I hope that the next time you come on, hopefully this is not the last time you come on here. Uh, first of all, and I hope the next time we could maybe preview a game where I, I can't believe I'm going to say this. Maybe both teams are in the vicinity of 500. Would that be too much to ask for? I don't think it would be too much. To ask I for. think if they play on opening night next year, we've got a good chance of them to both be in the vicinity of 500. <laughs> I think that's I think that's great. Um, usually this is the point in the show where I ask my guests if there's anything they want to plug or promote, but if there's a human being out there listening who doesn't know where to find you, um, I, I, sorry, I can't help you. Um, so I'll just say thank you. And, uh, this has been an honor and, uh, yeah, really. Thank you. Keep up the good work. I like listening and watching you guys, especially when there are tears involved. Uh, so hopefully more tears over the next few years. Much appreciated, my friend, and we will talk soon. Be well. See you.